Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, June 16th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Republican-led Missouri legislature passed a sweeping elections bill during this year's session. The legislation has some opponents. The photo ID provision seems to clearly violate the Missouri Constitution's promise that the right to vote is fundamental to Missouri voters. The bill is awaiting Governor Mike Parson's signature and is likely to face a legal challenge if it becomes law. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg will have more in just a few minutes. Eleven neighborhoods in the city of St. Louis will see more anti-violence initiatives this summer. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports. The contracts approved by the Board of Estimate and Apportionment total nearly $2 million and will be funded by the American Rescue Plan Act. Exact details of the programs to be run by various nonprofits were not available, but they include conflict mediation, building black political power, and providing victims of domestic violence with legal support. The board also authorized a million dollars in ARPA money to continue two programs that aim to change how police respond to 911 calls involving people with mental illness. And from a separate pot of money, they extended the contracts for Cure Violence. It trains people who live in areas with high crime rates to prevent disagreements from escalating into violence. All of the proposals are in line with Mayor Tashara Jones' strategy to address what she calls the root causes of crime. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. More than $1 million in new funding from the Regional Arts Commission is being spread among 95 organizations and 85 individuals. It's the first round of RAC grants for artists and specific programs since early in the pandemic. A drop in tourism to St. Louis reduced tax dollars that helped fund the organization's grants. President and CEO Vanessa Cooksey says RAC will send out checks this month rather than funding in installments. We don't want to have to wait. We'll still hold organizations accountable through the reporting process, but we want to get the cash in hand to artists and organizations as soon as possible. RAC has continued to provide general operating support to larger organizations during the pandemic, but at sharply reduced levels. Missouri is expanding the range of scores it will accept on teacher certification tests. Jody Fortino reports the State Board of Education hopes this move will help with the ongoing teacher shortage. The Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education can now grant certificates to those who score just below the current cutoff for getting certification. Paul Katnick of the Office of Educator Quality told the board that the qualifying score isn't changing. Instead, it's looking at the science behind the exam to place more qualified teachers in the classroom. There's no compelling evidence to suggest that a candidate who earns a score within minus one standard error of measure, generally one to four questions, is less qualified than one who scores at or just above the current qualifying score. The change will not apply to the elementary education exam, which the board expanded the range for in April. I'm Jody Fortina. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed a law requiring health insurance plans to cover continuous glucose monitors for diabetes patients. The devices automatically track blood sugar levels. They can cost up to $500 a month without insurance. Dr. Naomi Fogel at Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago says the monitors can also send dangerous glucose level alerts to smart devices. Children and families with access to CGM have improved health outcomes, reducing their risk for emergency room visits, 
hospitalizations, and future complications. Fogel says without those monitors, children prick their fingers for blood about 10 to 12 times a day to test for stable levels. More than 1.3 million people in Illinois live with diabetes. One priority Republicans passed in the Missouri legislature this year was a package making several changes to the state's election laws. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg examines that legislation. When Missouri lawmakers passed an over 50-page bill changing the state's election laws on multiple fronts, they did it without a single Democratic vote. Now, as the bill awaits a signature from Governor Mike Parson, proponents and opponents are preparing to either enforce or challenge it. One aspect of the bill that is almost guaranteed to face a legal challenge is the requirement for voters to provide a photo ID in order to cast their ballot. A previous attempt at implementing a photo ID was struck down two years ago by the Missouri Supreme Court because the sworn statement portion of the law was deemed misleading. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is more confident that this bill won't have the same fate as its predecessor. We've made it very clear. It's very understandable to the people. And of course, we can still truthfully say, if you're registered, you can vote. And that could never be said before uh, 2017. But that doesn't mean opponents won't try to make this year's attempt at requiring a photo ID fail again. One such person is Denise Lieberman, director of the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition. While the organization is currently urging Parson to veto the bill, if it does become law, Lieberman says she is prepared to challenge it in court. The photo ID provision seems to clearly violate the Missouri Constitution's promise that the right to vote is fundamental to Missouri voters. While the photo ID requirement received massive opposition from Democrats during the debate, one part of the bill that Senate Democrats did include is two weeks of no excuse in-person absentee voting before an election. State Senator Brian Williams thinks this measure will be a tremendous help for those who just wouldn't be able to vote on Election Day for a variety of reasons. To be able to provide them with a time period to be able to get that done around their schedule and, and not be confined to having to do it on a, on a, on a Tuesday uh, before 7 p.m. I think is extremely helpful. While Ashcroft admits he isn't a fan of early voting and believes it gives a greater advantage to incumbents, he does approve of the two weeks of no-excuse absentee voting being in person as opposed to through the mail. I think we should be pushing people to vote, not how they mark on the ballot, but vote in a way so that they know their ballot will count. According to data from the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, of the more than 905,000 mail-in ballots returned by voters in Missouri during the 2020 election, around 5,400 of them, or 0.6 percent, were rejected. But the no-excuse absentee voting being in person and the continued requirement of a photo ID are reasons why Lieberman is calling this provision a farce. That's really one of the the pieces of disinformation in this bill. Um, While this legislation gives a nod to two weeks of no-excuse absentee voting, it is conditional. However, included with this portion of the bill is a non-severability clause, meaning if the photo ID requirement section of the bill is struck down, those two weeks of no-excuse absentee voting will also be gone. Williams says losing that voting window would be concerning, but that's how the bill is written. If it means striking down some some language that would... um, infringe on folks' right to vote, uh, I do think that's a sacrifice that that we'll, we'll have to make. The bill also makes changes in the process to register to vote. The legislation bans anyone not employed or paid by a governmental entity from being paid to register voters. For organizations like the League of Women Voters of Missouri, President Marilyn McLeod says this change would stop some of their own staff from helping people register to vote. For example, in St. Louis, they help with the uh, naturalization ceremonies, and they often help register to people to vote. 
that would be illegal. Voters aren't the only ones who will see changes when they go to the polls. The bill also creates new requirements and changes for those who run elections. Those changes include giving the Secretary of State the ability to audit the list of registered voters in any local election authority, as well as require those authorities to conduct maintenance updates. For Eric Fay, the Democratic Director of Elections for St. Louis County, some of the biggest challenges he sees right now with the bill is the current uncertainty on how some of these provisions will be enforced. It could have a potentially significant effect on how we do our jobs, or it could have a relatively insignificant effect on how we do our jobs. We just don't know yet. Even if Parson were to sign the bill into law, it wouldn't go into effect in time to impact the state's primary election on August 2nd. Instead, the general election in November would be the first to see any changes. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Jonathan All edited that report, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.